Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and it's that time again. It is Monday night, and as my buddy Jeff likes to say, TGIM. Jeff, we are back on the air here on Blog Talk Radio. This is The Stoop. I'm your host, Jonathan Raggis. Alongside me, as always, he's tired, but he's fresh as hell. It's my buddy Jeff Perini. What's going on, man? Ow, fresh as hell. Good evening. TGIM indeed. Thanks, John. Always a great time to be here. Another big Monday here on The Stoop, and today is D-B-A-D Monday. And what's that? Don't be a douche Monday. (laughs) (laughs) Waiting for that. Waiting for that. I love the catchphrase. That is the catchphrase. Don't be a douche. Come on, it's simple. It's It's right up there with dynamite and what you talk about, Willis. I love it. I'll be burning it out saying at conventions across America. There you go. Well, anyway, welcome, everybody, to another episode of The Stoop here on BTR. Once again, I'm your host, Jonathan Raggis, and we're going to have a good time tonight because joining us tonight is somebody who should have joined us a couple of weeks ago, but unfortunately, due to technical difficulties, because once again, Blog Talk Radio and their infinite wisdom cannot get anything running and keeping run, uh, Erica Chase is going to be joining us, and we're going to talk a little bit about her career as well as her near-death experience. She was in a, in a terrible, uh, almost fatal accident. Uh, thank God uh, she's alive. Thank God she's going to be with us tonight. Really looking forward to that. And we're going to be listening to her latest single, Dubbed Paris. Really looking forward to that. But first, before we do anything, we have to thank Thursday night's guest, the amazing actress, the beautiful, the wonderfully talented Erin Hayes from CBS's new comedy, Kevin Can Wait, for joining us. We had such a blast with Aaron. We apologize for the terrible connection. Uh, we had a little bit of static, but luckily you could still hear Aaron and her great, great, great stories. We can't wait to have her back on. But, man, what a blast we had with her, didn't we? Oh, she's fantastic. She uh, She's so cool, like not really that Hollywood uh, snot, snotty kind of style, man. She was uh, letting it rip being a mom, being a real person. Just great stories, man. Just really cool. I would love to have her back. Outstanding interview. We loved it. Yeah, we had a real good time with her. Real good time with her. Uh, So, yeah, you know, we'll see if we can get her back in the future. Hopefully we can. But tonight it's all about music, and tonight it's about the awesome Erica Chase, who will be joining us at the 8 o'clock hour here on The Stoop in just a little bit. But before we go any further, we have to introduce our top five, Jeff, and it's what we do best here, I think. We always do something in tribute to our guest. And tonight, Jeff's idea, which is a phenomenal idea, it's our top five favorite female solo artist. No genre, just every genre. That's what we're going to do here. And uh, as usual, the shark, since your bite is mean, you start it off. All right, that's my bite. Quick (laughs) bite for the people. All right, top five of mine... um... Some of my absolute favorite female artists. I, I will admit I'm a little picky when it comes to females. Uh, here are uh, my top five. Just some great, great female performers. Got a tie at number five, as always. Um, I'm not a big country music fan, but you got to love the performing arts of Miss Carrie Underwood. Uh, kind of came out of nowhere, man. Carrie was an American Idol girl and has become a superstar in country music. And, uh, and she's amazing. Her stuff is amazing. And, uh, you got to love Carrie Underwood, so she gets a uh, bid at number five. And the tie with uh, the gorgeous, the amazing Mariah Carey. Uh, I know her voice has changed from back in the day, but uh, 
still love her. Love everything she does. I love to look at her. I think she's a, still a great female singer. Crackhead. She's top five. Crackhead. All right, crackhead. <laughs> Uh, number four. <laughs> number four. I, I always tell the fiance I joke with her and say, if this girl ever came to get me, uh, she would have me. She's just the sweetest thing. I love her. Kelly Clarkson is at number four. Um, I love her stuff. I blast Kelly Clarkson stuff in the car. I drive to it. I love it. I love her. I love her girl next door. Cutie looks. I'm a big fan of Kelly. Uh, she makes it number four. Number three, a woman whose music just hits me hard. I love her stuff. We've mentioned it here before. Nora Jones. Outstanding uh, performer, and uh, love a lot of her stuff. Her music is outstanding. Number Absolutely. two, you, you you cannot pass up Janet Jackson. Um, she's played all different styles, and, and her music has always been tops in the charts. And uh, she even gave us a boob on Super Bowl Sunday. You can't beat that. <laughs> um, <laughs> outstanding performer from a great, talented family, Janet Jackson, number two. And number one, uh, you can't deny this. And I'm a fan. I'm not a huge fan, as some will be, but you're still a fan. And you cannot pass up the incomparable Madonna. Madonna, um, so many hits, so many different styles, so many different trendsetters. She's just the ultimate female performer, maybe the greatest individual female performer of all time, the queen of pop, uh, Madonna. You can't say nothing wrong about her. Her career, it's been incredible, and I give her lots of credit. She is number one on the list. Very nice. Very nice, man. And I went with a completely different list, man. I think we had one person in total that we had the same. So here goes mine. Number five, Ty. Once again, we're not shocked. Uh, Somebody I always (laughs) liked. Just thought her voice was very unique. A lot of people are in love with Bjork. Me, Nelly Furtado. Something about her just always... Stuck with me. Just always loved her. Number uh, number five, tight with Nelly Furtado. I got to go with Pink, man. I love Pink. I just think Ooh. she's strong. She's sexy. She's just gorgeous. And I think she's just just awesome all around. Uh, number four, our same here, Janet Jackson. Uh, you know, who doesn't – seriously, who doesn't like Janet? I'm sorry. If you're coming out of the 80s, into the 90s, you were blasting Janet. You were getting down, you know, with so many different things, and you were a part of that Rhythm Nation. I don't care what you say. You can hide it all you want. It's the truth. (laughs) It is the truth. All right, man. Number three, always uh, just love me rock. Love me a strong, sexy rock goddess, and I got to go with Lita Ford. Uh, Something about Lita just always struck me. Uh, Loved a lot of her tunes, and even the ones that weren't as popular. uh, You know, you can ask most fans and say, I love Lita Ford. You ask them to name a couple of different songs other than the one she did with Ozzy and the one with Kiss Me Deadly. Nope, they won't know it after that. Uh, Number two, got to go with the, she was sexy, she was cool, and she's still phenomenal today, and her voice still kicks ass. Pat Benatar is number two. Nice. Uh, That's great. Number one, my all-time favorite solo artist, and uh, started listening to her stuff in 2013 with her, uh, her, her second EP, which was her main EP that came out. Same trailer, different park, and then 2015 pageant material came out. Casey Musgraves is my number one. I just absolutely adore Casey Musgraves. I think she is brilliant. I think she's classy. I think she's genuine. I think she's drop-dead gorgeous. And I think because of her, she revived the honky-tonk type of country. And, uh, yeah, that's my number one, Casey Musgraves, man. A little shocking. Good one, though, but a little shocking. I, I go for the shock material, baby. That's what I go for. So, 
Let's uh, revamp here. Uh, Jeff's top five tonight with a tie at number five is Carrie Underwood and Mariah Carey. Number four, the awesome Kelly Clarkson. Number three, the very unique, very underrated Nora Jones. Number two, Janet, Miss Jackson, if you're nasty. And number one, Madonna. For me, uh, tie at number five, Nelly Furtado in pink. Number four, Janet Jackson. Number three, Lita, Kiss Me Deadly Ford. Number two, Pat, Love is a Battlefield Benatar. And number one, Casey, the gorgeous Musgraves. And that's our top five tonight for August 8th. This wonderful, wonderful Monday night. Wonderful Monday night. All right, man, uh, just a little bit. We're going to be joined by our guest, the awesome, the beautiful, the insanely talented Erica Chase will be joining us at the 8 o'clock hour in just a little bit, and we're going to have a uh, nice treat where we get to play her new single, Paris. Really looking forward to that. Um, So let's get into a couple of things here real quick. And uh, first on the list, man, the NFL last night canceled the Hall of Fame game between the Packers and the Colts. Jeff, I'm going to throw this at you because I just want you to rant here, man. I want to hear your thoughts about this. I I can't even I don't know I don't I don't know where to begin. The shock is blowing me away. The hype, the anticipation of football finally getting back on the field. And the millions of people out there that love football and all over Facebook. Football is back. Football is back. Football is back. This Hall of Fame thing is scheduled, obviously, what, a year in advance? Oh, yeah. And they're talking about field conditions and the wrong paint. And who's running this this operation? You know, you know I'm not a Goodell guy. And I ain't even listen to a Goodell guy. Anybody right now associated with the NFL – you know, I won't tune out because I friggin' love the game. But this yeah. is, in the history of all the sports I have watched, the biggest absolute crock of shit I have ever been a part of as a sports fan in my entire life. I'm disgusted beyond words. I'm sick to the stomach. And they should be ashamed of themselves, and they should refund every single person, every single dime. And I don't even know. There's not enough they could do right now in my in my mind at this very moment. Not enough they could do to make up for a disgrace. That's a disgrace. It really is. Uh, like you said, if they refunded everybody and even gave them free tickets to a future NFL game, it's still not enough. SB Nation had a wonderful, wonderful article today, and the title was, How Does a $12 Billion League Screw Up a Preseason NFL Game? A Hall of Fame game in the preseason, something that everybody looks forward to every single year. It's the start of the NFL season. Player said, the midfield was like cement. How is that not checked that morning? How is it not checked the night before during a game when they were setting up? It just doesn't make sense that this happened. We've heard of terrible playing conditions where teams still played with no problem. Yeah, they got a little hurt. You know, it hurt a little bit more to hit the ground. But at the same time, what the hell is going on here, man? The league is just completely falling apart with Roger Goodell in power. It's, Listen, there's no, um, Paul Tagliabue wasn't the greatest, but Paul Tagliabue compared to Roger Goodell was brilliant. Hate to say it, but he was brilliant. You didn't have these problems when Paul Tagliabue was no. around. You really didn't. You didn't have the whole you know, CTE thing, the whole concussion, the whole injury thing, the whole 
you know, guy's not fine for smacking his girlfriend, but he's fine for writing something supportive on his cleats for his mother who survived breast cancer? Come on, man. I just don't understand how the hell Roger Goodell's still in power, man. He's he's got to have the the right people in his pocket. Um, a phrase I use a lot at work, and I don't work for the NFL, and the company's not near as big, but quality control. Doesn't anybody follow up on the work? Is there not a guy with all the billions of dollars in revenue? There's not a guy that can pay a hundred thousand dollars a year to quality control work on such a project. There's no PR people, no field management people, no staff at all whatsoever to go out and test this field, to check this paint, to check the organization of the goddamn Hall of Fame. This is your enshrinement to the greatest legends that's ever played the game, and you play a football game to honor those people. And you can't mm-hmm. get that right. You cannot get that right. It blows me away. I've never been in pro sports. I, I don't know enough about the goings-on as to run a pro sport, but i got to tell you, you guarantee goddamn see Jeff Perini is finding a Hall of Fame game. Even if I play it the next day or something, there's a Hall of Fame game. Somehow, way, there's a Hall of Fame game. Trust me. Now, I didn't get to read too much into this stuff. Is this going to be made up somehow? It's the Hall of Fame game. To the best of my knowledge, no. Yeah. I, I have heard Figured. nothing about a makeup. And, you know, yeah, you probably wouldn't have seen Aaron Rodgers. You probably wouldn't have seen Andrew Luck. Okay. That's fine and maybe. How about the people that fly out from Wisconsin, from Indianapolis? How about the Brett Favre fans that fly out to see Favre and then see a ball game the next night? Yeah. What do you do for these people? You're on the clock, you know. It's not the NFL draft, but the NFL, you're on the clock. Time to fix shit. Yeah, but you know what? I don't think it's going to happen, dude. I really do not think it's yeah. going to happen. Ah, oh, boy. All yeah, right, man. Um, it's ridiculous, dude. Absolutely ridiculous. Man, if Roger Goodell, if you're listening, or somebody that's close to Roger Goodell is listening, you're, an, you're just a complete asshat. You really are. Yeah. yeah. Signed, but a big Jonathan and Jeff. With a big feather. You know, you know fedora caps with a big feather. He's an asshat yeah, right. with a big feather. <laughs> oh man! All right, let's stick with the uh, with the sports team. Let's go to something a little bit more positive. It's the Olympics, 2016 in Rio, in Brazil. Um, it's been good thus far, Jeff. I've been watching a lot of it thanks to the NBA, uh, excuse me, the NBC Sports Extra Live app on on my Roku box. I'm able to watch whatever performance or competition is going on instead of just focusing on what NBC has on, what MSNBC has on, or what USA has on, uh, which is only three to four channels, I think, that's actually playing the uh, Olympics. But I get to watch whatever. I mean, seriously, there was about 19 or 20 things live today. Anything from, from shooting to judo to weightlifting to, to women's basketball to, uh, you know, to handball, whatever. It's been great, and I absolutely love it. And uh, I, I have to give so much props. And listen – I love gymnastics. Don't know why. I don't watch it any other time but the Olympics. Don't follow it, nothing. I just love it. What these girls and what these guys do completely just keep me in awe, man. And last night, watching the qualifiers for the women's, there's this girl. She's 19 years old. She's about four foot eight, four foot nine. Her legs are probably the size of my body. Now, to give everybody a description of what I look like, I'm six foot five. I'm about 225. I'm a big guy. 
her leg is the size of my upper torso. Her name is Simone Biles. And let me tell you, I have never seen anybody perform on the level that this girl is performing. Because of the strength in her legs, she sticks everything without even a little bit of a hop, man. It is just – it's absolutely brilliant watching this girl – I cannot wait to see more of her. And don't get me wrong, the rest of the women's team are absolutely phenomenal, from Allie Raisman to the young gun underdog, Gloria Hernandez, 16 years old, that made it straight out of Old Bridge, New Jersey. Gabby Douglas is back. From all the competitions that she's done over the years, and she's only 19, she's already the greatest that has ever done gymnastics, man. Seriously. She already is the greatest from all the stuff she has won. And Jeff, I am going to ask you, the next time it's on, you have to watch this girl, and I want to get your feedback on her. Have you seen her perform yet? I've seen uh, her photos. I have read up on her. I did not actually see her perform. I'd like to. And, you know, I I think I like it for gymnastics, too. And for some reason, the female gymnastics. I love watching these women in individual um, yes. competitions, even the team competitions. It's something really special about it because they're compact, but their bodies are so tight in muscle. And uh, the things they do and the way they do it is, is just – Huge. It really is a great sport to watch. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Everybody listening, watch the women's gymnastics team. Watch the men's gymnastics team, too. It's great. Um, just, to, just to jump off topic real quick, man, dude, the French gymnast, can't remember his name off the top of my head right now, was doing a vault, fell, slapped, snapped his leg in half, completely done on yes. one of his first things. Um, I feel terrible for the guy. It, it, must, it, it must be so bad. Listen, if you're in the NBA, you're in the NHL, you're, you're playing football overseas, and I'm talking about soccer, you break a leg, there's always next season, man. For this guy, there might never be another time for him to perform in the Olympics, man. And that is so heartbreaking that this guy has worked so hard to be one of his country's best out of so many hundreds of gymnasts in France. He was picked to go to the Olympics in Rio, and on one of his first things in the qualifiers, snapped his leg, done will not perform probably ever again in the Olympics, man. How heartbreaking do you think that is, man? It's got to be unbelievable. And to see it over and over again, you see it all over the place in the videos. And, the, of course, everybody's making memes about it and, and making jokes about it, whatever. But that's heartbreaking. It's it was yeah. so hard to watch. Um, some people compared it to the Joe Theismann, Lawrence Taylor episode or the Moise yes. Salou episode. It's gruesome and, and so hard to watch. And the yeah, you got to feel for this guy. You finally get there. You're amongst the world elite, not just your own country, the world elite, and that's the fate that falls you. Really, really difficult. Your heart goes out. Absolutely. Yeah, it's crazy, man. It's absolutely crazy. So heart goes out to him, man. But let's do a quick uh, medal count, and then we'll go on to our next topic here. Um, leading the medal count is the U.S. with 13. Tied for second place is Japan and China which is pretty cool, I think. Uh, going in third tide is uh, Italy and Russia with Australia with seven medals. Uh, leading the count for gold is China and Australia with four apiece. And tied for second, well, three-way ties, United States, Italy, and Japan with three apiece as well. Um, it's been great, man. Listen, I was watching the synchronized dive the other night. I can't, probably going to butcher her name, but Wu Minjia from China, <laughs> who's been in the Olympics for so many years now. Dude, the, the synchronized swimming, man. The Chinese, holy crap, dude. They got this on lock. If 
if somebody was controlling them with their minds that they did everything alike and just hit everything from the same height, the same spin, hitting the water at the same time, they couldn't be beat, which is why they won the gold. Man, did they deserve it. Congratulations to them. And that's like her like sixth or seventh gold medal in diving. She's just been around for so many years. So really cool stuff. Watch the Olympics. It's good, good, good stuff. <laughs> All right, man. Um... I heard a uh, stat real quickly on the radio before I got home from work. Um, If Michael Phelps could be his own country, he would rank 40th all-time in medals. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) That's That's crazy. Yeah, 40th all-time if he was his own country. And here's just one guy. That's crazy. Yeah, dude, he's he's phenomenal. I mean, there's nothing you can say but other than he's phenomenal. Michael Phelps. All right, man. Let me ask you this, dude. I put this up on Facebook, had a debate with our buddy Ian Holt about this. The Ronnie James Dio hologram debuted at Vakken Festival uh, about a week ago. Um, Dio's disciples were on stage playing, and then all of a sudden for the song We Rock, Ronnie James Dio was standing on stage singing We Rock alongside Dio's disciples. Absolutely phenomenal. We saw this with Tupac. We saw it with Michael Jackson at the one award show. I can't remember which one. I guess it was the Grammys. My question to you is now, I think it's cool. Our good friend Ian doesn't think it's cool. What do you think? Would you go to a concert and then out of the blue for one, maybe two songs, a hologram of Freddie Mercury or Jim Morrison or Elvis or Kurt Cobain or Prince, Michael Jackson, whatever, came on stage to just perform and make everybody happy and, you know, people who've never gotten to see them before – do you think this is a cool idea? Because I absolutely think it's a brilliant idea. At first, I was uh, skeptical. But I got to tell you, if I'm uh, – now, granted, if you want to headline it and say, come see the hologram of Freddie Mercury, no, I'm not paying $80 to see it. Uh, yep. If you say um, the guys from Queen um, featuring – like they had Adam Lambert. They went on tour with Adam Lambert uh, last time around. All right, come see yeah. Queen with Adam Lambert. And they break the show, and out comes this hologram of Freddie Mercury, well-timed, well-played, and it lays out a couple tunes. I'm intrigued. I think it's cool. I, I, I get into it. It's neat. I mean, it's like watching an old movie, and we all watch old yeah. movies. And, uh, you know, to see it and to see a, a performer you may have never gotten to see, pretty darn cool. And let's face it, someday when your kids are out there that you preach them to Michael Jackson, the prince, they never got the experience, it's kind of neat to see uh, – even a hologram image, like I said, we'll place one with a familiar band like uh, The Revolution or something like that with Prince, you know, artists he's familiar with. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. You know, listen, if they start doing tours and we know it's going to be Ronnie James Dio's hologram on stage with Dio Disciples for a 15 to 20 song set, eh, you know. I'm not intrigued by it. Unless the tickets are like 20 bucks, I wouldn't mind doing it, but I'm not going to drop $100 on it. If I go okay. see, you know, Dio's Disciples with the lead singer that they have now, and they say, all right, you know, they're going to they're gonna do two songs with the, with the hologram. I, I still want to see it. Listen, when the Tupac hologram came out, and uh, I don't know what festival it was, Prada Festival, whatever crazy thing was, and this guy was rapping on stage with Tupac, it was Snoop Dogg, and they were walking around each other, and they were singing, man, dude, People freaked out, man. People thought that Tupac was really alive this whole time, and he came out of nowhere, and this is the way he was debut- re-debuting himself 
was on stage with Snoop Dogg during this thing. People freaked out, man, taking videos, texting people. <laughs> people fainted in the freaking audience, man. I thought it was phenomenal. I watched this thing, man, and it was just amazingly done. I wish that there was video of the Ronnie James Dio hologram. I want to see it so bad that guess what? If they do go on tour, I probably will end up paying to go see it if they're anywhere nearby. If they're at the Sands, if they're at the Wells Fargo, if they're at the Pavilion in Camden, I will probably go and see it because I'm such a big Ronnie James Dio fan, have always been, just never got a chance to see him. It would be great to see it. And it's funny because Rudy Sarzo, who was the guitarist for Dio, uh, he was at Chiller Theater a few years back. Nobody around his table. I went up to him and I said, listen, you know, I just wanted to come over here, shake your hand, and thank you for the amazing tunes you gave us while playing in Dio. You know, and he was a nice guy. We talked about it for a little bit. And, you know, I'll never get that chance to say it to Ronnie James Dio. You know what I'm saying? But if I could see that, man, and that's in his tribute, I, I, I don't see what's wrong with that. I don't know why people are so up in arms about it. Ian, I'm talking about you. So, <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry, Ian. We still love you, man. Still love you. Um, yeah. All right, man. Real quick, talking about uh, Snoop Dogg. Got to bring this up to you, man. Uh, Snoop Dogg and Martha Stewart are tag teaming to host a weekly dinner party on VH1. What the hell? How did this happen, <laughs> man? <laughs> uh, it's our own fault because we bitch. Week in and week out about retreads and remakes and reboots. <laughs> and they said, let's fix, I really think they did it for us. Let's fix them guys to stoop. Let's come up with the craziest goddamn idea ever. And they said, Martha Stewart, Snoop Dogg, and a weekly dinner party. Yes. creativity is not dead, my friend. All our talk. <laughs> now, <laughs> we were talking about movies and TV shows. We weren't talking about reality television. <laughs> True, very true. This I is, mean, that's this how I feel. Bizarre. This is bizarre. It really is. Who's who's going to watch this? I don't know. I don't and know. Why? Are you, are you intrigued to at least see the first episode and see Snoop Dogg and Martha Stewart hanging out and talking to possibly, I don't know, Tupac. Oh, not Tupac, Ice Cube. <laughs> you know, let's see. Snoop Dogg and Martha Stewart are going to sit down and have a weekly dinner party. And on each side of the table, you got Ice Cube, you got uh, Dame Helen Mirren. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it would be a crazy ass dinner, man. You know, if they brought in Little John to, uh, you know, to hang out with uh, Anthony Hopkins at this dinner, man. I don't know. I think I might be intrigued to watch an episode of that. I'd like to see, um, like to see Snoop Dogg make uh, some quiche, and later on in the episode, I want to see Martha Stewart roll a big fatty and smoke it right on TV. And give us the best of uh, both worlds. She, I, <laughs> I, I want to say I think Martha Stewart has rolled a lot of fatties, man, especially during her prison yeah, stint. Yeah, more than that. More than we'd be uh, led to believe. I believe that. <laughs> yeah. I, I totally believe that Martha Stewart has done a lot of drugs in her past no, life. I, gotta... I actually think she admitted to yeah. it, didn't she, at one point? I don't remember. Sure she did. I want to say she did, but at the same time, I don't want to say she did because, you know, who am I to taint the uh, the reputation of the uh, of the fabulous Martha Stewart? You know, oh, yeah. tax evasion. So. Oh man! <laughs> All right. Well, just in, in just a little bit, we're going to be joined by our guest Erica Chase. Um, before we do that, let's talk about this. Um, August twenty fifth. 
uh, we were going to be joined by Lilith from Lilith and the Night for a very, very exclusive, exclusive program here as they debuted their new EP, Insanity. Uh, we are going to move that show to Monday, August 29th, just a couple of days later, um, due to me. I have to work that night. I apologize to everybody. Please don't slap me around. Um, but yeah, so Lilith will be with us on August 29th now, uh, which is a Monday night, not August 25th, Thursday, to debut her brand new album, um, Insanity. And we're going to listen to all the songs off of Insanity. We're going to talk to Lilith about the uh, process of it, uh, the meaning behind some of the songs, and what's next for our friends in Lilith and the Night. Really looking forward to that, Jeff. Uh, we, we love Lilith here. Uh, we talk about her a lot. We listen to her, you know, to their music constantly. Um, what do you think, man? Are you, are, you know, are you ecstatic about this show, man? Is this, you know, going to be the highlight of your life this year? I can hardly contain myself. I am such a big fan of her on so many levels, uh, her music, her talent, her looks, uh, her personality. She's tremendous. And so many of my friends asked me about her and I said, you know, tune in and you got to hear her firsthand, just talk and you'll be amazed right away. She's an amazing talent, and like I said, we are trying our hardest to bring her to uh, the U.S. and make her ours. You know, she's just that great. She deserves it. She's awesome. And the band's yeah. awesome. Well, the band's awesome. Like I was going to say, let's not forget about the band. Yeah. We have Lilith on vocals. We have the awesome Adam on guitar, Tom on bass, and Francesco on drums. They're just amazing, amazing people. Um, you know, I know we don't give Adam, Tom, and Francesco enough love, but we really need to start doing that because they're a phenomenal band. I mean, without Adam, without Tom, without Francesco, there probably wouldn't be a Lilith in a night. There would just be a Lilith. Um, so, you know, great musicians. Seriously, I, we, we implore everybody here to check them out. You can go uh, to their website, which is lilithinanight.wixsite.com. Uh, or you could just Google Lilith in a night. They're on Twitter. You could check out some of their videos and some of their music on YouTube. They're just a brilliant, brilliant band out of England. Uh, really just, just getting insanely popular over there. Um, and I, I guarantee you that you're going to be hearing a lot, a lot about Lilith in the night in the real near future, um, especially here on The Stoop uh, on August 29th. Oh, yeah. Debut the brand new EP, Insanity. Looking forward to it. Um, we're going to be joined by Erica. I, I believe we're going to be joined by our guest right now. Um, if it connects, once again, BTR is terrible tonight. We're just waiting for Erica. How you doing? I'm here, guys. How are you? Hi. We're All right. doing great. Thank you so much for joining us. We finally got you on with us. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited. Oh. We want to thank you for joining us. Um, so let's jump right into it. We want to learn a little bit more about you and your music. Uh, so right okay. off the bat, what brought you to music and what inspired you to be a musician? Um, you know what? I honestly think that music chose me, and I was kind of making baby steps towards it all of my life, like the earliest pictures of me. I'm like holding up like a shovel or some kind of toy in the in the shape of a guitar and just always like was intuitively attracted to that and music when other kids were like playing with dolls and I was like watching MTV music videos and things like that. So um, 
And then I attempted to learn how to play the guitar when I was rather young. I was seven. And unfortunately, my tiny little seven-year-old hands would not allow me to be awesome at it. And it was really hard. So I ended up kind of putting it aside for a number of years and focusing on sports and being a kid. But I always knew that, like, when the time was right, like, I would go back to it. And uh, and I did when I was a young teenager, and and that was it. I just I just wanted to be able to create something out of nothing, meaning writing music and, and making up my own songs and stories, and that's still something that I live for. I just think it's the coolest thing when, when you can just create something. And uh, it's it doesn't matter if it ever gets heard. It's just the, the process of doing it is, like, just therapy to me. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you have plenty of material that's probably never been heard, uh, you know, by anybody but you. Um, now, I do. I have, like, in... you know how Prince apparently has, like, vaults? I feel like I've yeah. got some vaults myself. Those <laughs> 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 are probably now a little it, better. But... <laughs> is that stuff that we're going to be able to hear one day, or...? Yeah, I I hope so. I, I'm a pretty prolific songwriter. I'm just constantly writing music all the time, and um, I I hope to release it all in some form at one point or the other, or possibly have have other artists um, cover cover the songs and and explore that side as well. So who knows? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's uh, talk about, you know, something that I'm, I'm, I'm sure you talk about all the time. Uh, you know, we, we got to read in your bio about your near-death experience. Uh, you were bicycling. Mm-hmm. You were hit by a truck. It says that you now appreciate the fragility of life. With that experience, how has it made you into the person you are today? And also, how has it made you into the musician that you are today? Yeah, that that experience absolutely a million percent changed the not only the trajectory of my life and career path, but just my perspective on everything. And I, I definitely um, used to get really kind of bogged down with with the small stuff and and mm-hmm. internalized a lot of stuff and took a lot of things personally that didn't need to be taken in. It was really hard on myself and was just was just always just in my head overthinking and I think once you go through something where in a moment you're kind of between life and death you realize that that doesn't matter and what matters is to try and be a good person and be grateful that you wake up every day on your own without a breathing machine and you're allowed to be who you want to be in in a free country and uh you know, have all these amazing privileges and be able to pursue your passion. So I just try to keep that at the forefront whenever mm-hmm. uh, I get into a, a, a bad place, um, which we all do because we're humans. But, you know, oh, I, yeah. yeah. And and with music, I really, the backstory to being hit by a truck on a bicycle, which still doesn't seem real sometimes, um, yeah. no. is that I... A few weeks before that, I was in my final semester of college and trying to figure out what I was going to do, and my plan was to go and be a teacher and pursue music on the side because I really just didn't have the confidence and the, the, the lack of a better word, the balls to really admit to myself <laughs> that I wanted to be a, an artist and, and a musician because it's, it's such a 
it's just a crazy thing to say out loud. Like, I'm going to not do anything with this education, and <laughs> I want to go be a musician. And I want to yeah. live that lifestyle and sacrifice everything and roll around on a tour bus and whatever whatever all that entails, I, I want to do that. And uh, yeah. so I, I thought that I should use my education, and I always love doing service work and volunteer work. It's a huge part of um, of what I do. And so I was like, yeah, you know, I can I can try to make a positive difference and be a teacher, and I can, you know, write my little songs on the side and, and see how that goes. But the universe had, had other plans for me, apparently. I ended up getting rejected from this teaching program I applied to called Teach for America. And uh, then I, I had kind of no plans after that. I didn't have a plan B. And my dad had befriended this guy that he was doing business with out in Las Vegas who said, hey, I know someone in the music industry. His name is Dana Strum. Maybe he could give your daughter some advice and, and, and help her and talk to her about the music business. So my yeah. dad told me this, and I, I never heard of Dana before and, and was really young when his band Slaughter and all that 80s yep. metal was, was really popular. So I had to Google him, and just all these long-haired pictures came up, spandex <laughs> and, you know, hairspray and, like, all this stuff. And I was like, uh, okay, sure, I'll talk to this guy. He was interesting. And uh, he <laughs> he did his friend a favor and called some random girl that he, to give her advice about the music industry. And we talked for about an hour. And I'd never spoken to anyone famous before or in the music industry. Even though I grew, I grew up in L.A., which is, like, the mm-hmm. land of all that, but, uh, you know, I didn't know anyone personally. And after I got off the phone with Dana, I felt that super weird mix of energy where it's like you sense something is kind of about to shift, and and the next day was when I got in that accident. So I definitely believe that there's everything happens for a reason, and the timing of all those things was not random, and it, mm-hmm. was, it was just meant to kind of give me the message that life is too short and you got to go pursue us in your heart. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, when I was reading that, that, you know, you had a professional relationship with Dana, um, you know, mm-hmm. I grew up on, you know, on all hard rock and metal. And when I saw it, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, man, Dana Shum. I didn't even know, I have to read that he was from Sword. I already knew he was. <laughs> so, you know, besides all that, like, how has Dana, like, you know, really just helped you in that way, uh, you know, especially to get songs like Paris out. Yeah, Dana, I mean, Dana and I have been kind of musical partners for 10 years now, and he has really been a mentor to me, more than a manager, more than a producer, but he, he's really taken me under his wing and, and really helped me with the kind of the artist development phase and, and helped me and let me and allowed me time to grow and figure out who I am as an artist and a songwriter and a singer and a, and a musician because I I really I was I was young and naive and inexperienced and had no clue what it took and didn't know anything about accounting and royalty statements and all all these different things and and he really has showed me every single aspect of the music industry and in addition to that we also have really good musical chemistry. So when I bring songs in 
to the studio with him, mm-hmm. he he takes what I do and and uh, and produces it, and then it becomes something that I didn't even know was like it, it just seems like it was always supposed to be that way, like with the mastered recording of Paris. But when mm-hmm. I write a song, I write on acoustic guitar, and I don't think about the big picture of it. I just I just do it, kind of raw and organic and, and he's able to translate my raw songs into something really cool and so I'm just grateful for him in a lot of ways mm. so we're going to be listening to uh, Paris in just a little bit so tell us about that song what's what's the meaning behind it Paris is, is sort of just a, a metaphor for memories and, and a lost love that you know that, that has gone but when you think about them you think about the memories those are eternal and there's some comfort in that and I think everyone can relate to that whether it's a lover or a friend or a family member you know we've all gone through love loss heartbreak these are human things that's why 99.9% of songs are are written about that in some form or the other because that's like the human experience essentially and uh so that that's that's pretty much what Paris is about and in my in my songwriting I intentionally try to not make anything too specific to me if it's if it's directly correlated to my experience because I want other people to identify with the songs and and find their own meaning behind it that's that's the coolest part yeah so we got to watch the video for Paris, which we absolutely loved. And, and in it, of course, you're playing you. the guitar. Do you play any other instruments besides the guitar? Uh, I do. I play a little bit of piano and bass and a little drums. But guitar oh, wow. is uh, always has always been my primary instrument and just like the one that feels the most natural for me. Very nice. Very nice. So yeah. now with... With your type of music, I mean, we we look at the charts today, we see so much dance, so much pop, so much of that auto-tune type of stuff. Do you think, you know, your type of music and and rock and that and that kind of stuff is starting to hit another evolution again and pretty much starting to take over the charts? Yeah, I mean, I think the lines are so blurred these days between kind of all genres. If you listen to Top 40 Pop Station, you can hear anything from a country song to a Drake song to Adele to a Taylor Swift and and yeah. you can have the same audience be a fan of all those different types of music whereas I think back in the day people were just committed to like what they liked if they liked rock and they only liked rock and now it's it's kind of just everywhere and so and and I personally consider my music more in the pop vein of the Ed Sheeran, Adele, Sam Smith type vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I do think that my music hits hits that chord and, and that audience. Yeah. Cool. All right. So we, we love to ask our guests these, these dream type of questions, if you could have your way. So I'm going to ask you this one right now. If cool. you could go on tour tomorrow <laughs> and pretty much just tour with – with your absolute dream co-star, who would it be? 
You know what? I actually would love to tour with Ed Sheeran. I'm a huge fan of his, and I think our music would go well together, and uh, I just think he's awesome. Very cool. So Ed would be opening for you, right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't know about that. I would would be incredibly honored to open for that ginger-haired Brit. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, to our listeners, if you want to find out more about Erica, you can check her out at ericachase.com or on Twitter at ericachasemusic. Uh, Erica, uh, seriously, thank you so much for joining us tonight. And uh, when when you when you hit it big, we hope you don't forget us, and we hope you come back here. Of course, I really appreciate the time and the interview. And uh, stay cool out there on the East Coast. Oh, we yeah, will. Thank you. Thank you so much, Erica. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And that was uh, Erica Chase, the awesome and talented musician. And right now what we're going to do, Jeff, is we're going to play her latest single, which is called Paris. So we'll see you all in about three minutes and 50 seconds. Enjoy.
There you go. That was Erica Chase and her latest single, Paris. Really love it, man. She's got such a strong voice, such a strong guitar style play. Uh, just really love the song, man. She's she's a phenomenal talent. Yeah, very unique. I like it. Uh, the voice isn't like anything that you hear uh, often. Like you talk about dance music, electronics, and everything kind of dubbed up. Seemed like very much her just from the interview and the way she talked to us and uh, the way she sings. It's uh, It's great. Absolutely, absolutely. Once again, uh, you can check out Erica at ericachase.com or follow her on Twitter at ericachasemusic. Once again, thank you, Erica, for joining us. And what a phenomenal, phenomenal song. That was Paris by Erica Chase. Um, Got to throw this out to you, man. Something I was reading today, man. Kurt Schilling wants to run for president in 2024. <laughs> Would you vote for Kurt Schilling? <laughs> saw this earlier. Um, absolutely not. Uh, I'm not an anti-Kurt guy, but uh, run for president? I, well, then again, I'm the guy that says, get politicians out of here and let's try somebody else. So what the hell? I might throw, throw, my, uh, throw my vote to Kurt Schultz. I don't know, man. Donald Trump's not a politician. Look where that's going. Well, you know, until he gets in there and we see how four years ago, he can't say nothing. Scary, scary stuff, man. All right. Got to ask you this, man. You were uh, you've been drinking Ecto Cooler for a few weeks now. Lucky, lucky, lucky guy. And uh, now Crystal Pepsi has made a, a limited return. Have you had a bottle of Crystal Pepsi yet? Because from what I remember, in about ninety one, ninety two, drinking a bottle of Crystal Pepsi was that it was absolutely gross, and the aftertaste was awful. Crystal Pepsi and um, God, there was one in the seventies. I can't think of the name of it. It was another. Pepsi product that came in a green can. It was absolutely vulgar. Um, so, yeah, I no, I don't. <laughs> Ecto Cooler, it's one thing. It's a uh, fruit-flavored drink by everybody's favorite friendly little high C. Any kind of Pepsi mix or Coke mix or Coke Zero or Old Coke, New Coke, Pepsi Light, Pepsi Free. Pepsi Free, that was the name Pepsi of that. Pepsi Free. I was going to say Pepsi Free, man. Oh. That was out in the 80s, man. 80s? Okay, I'm thinking it's uh, disgusting. Oh my god! Yeah. So, yeah, don't don't tinker with the the norm. If you want to make a diet brand flavor? Okay, don't do vanilla. Don't do cherry. Don't do all this nonsense. If I want a cherry soda, I'll go down to my local uh, Steve Steaks uh, and I'll have them make me a cherry soda. Like a little a bit cherry of cherry. Soda? Little... Yeah, a little bit of cherry, a little bit of Pepsi, or a little bit of Coke mixed in. That's a cherry Coke to me, not this. Factory generated crap. Yeah. Well, if anybody's listening and wants to have a uh, cherry soda tonight, you can meet me and Jeff down at the Mole Choppy, where we'll be hanging out, <laughs> listening to some good 50s music, while uh, Stu from behind the uh, bar makes us a, a couple of molts. 23 Skidoo and uh, all that good stuff. <laughs> 23 Skidoo! 23 Skidoo! <laughs> Uh, oh. Yes, and uh, if you have any questions, you can all call us at Phoenix AR five nine seven. That was a rough way of two minutes. That's really good. Oh rough man, play. great. Good, good, good. Rough play, rough play. All right, man. Let's uh, promote some of our next few shows. This Thursday, this week, we'll be joined by musician Eddie Mann, August 11th. On August 18th, which is next Thursday, we will be joined by our good friend Ian Holt, who is the U.S. manager for the Italian metal group, Sin of Night. 
Looking forward to that one. Uh, August 29th, A Night with Lilith of Lilith and a yeah. Night right here on Blog Talk Radio where we debut exclusively here in the U.S. first, their brand new EP, Insanity. Looking forward to that, man. It's going to be a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal show. Awesome stuff, man. And then what we got to do right now is we have to thank tonight's guest, Erica Chase, for joining us. We want to apologize for the static on the line yet again. But you can only blame one person, or should I say one company, that's Blog Talk Radio, because for some reason their connection has been awful, 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 awful lately. And if you email them or talk to their customer service reps, they do not help you whatsoever. So who knows? Maybe this dupe will be going elsewhere real, real soon. You never know. We'll take our million-plus listeners with us. I'm sure they'll love that, but who knows. So, yes, thanks again to Erica Chase for joining us. And You can check her out at ericachase.com or on Twitter at ericachasemusic. And as always, you can follow us on Twitter, the Stoop Music one or on our official website at www.stoopradio.com. It's another Monday night, man. Down in the books, Jeff. How do you feel about that? Yeah. Feel great about it. Another great Monday night. Gives me a reason, and I mean this honestly. Tough getting out of bed on a Monday. You enjoy the weekend, uh, you do your thing, and then Monday comes, you're like, ah, Monday. And I'm like, boom, Monday, the stoop. New guest, me and uh, JR, delivering the stuff, the news, the sports, giving you some laughs, having some talent on, listening to tunes. Uh, makes my Monday, man. And it should make yep. your Monday, too, if you're out there listening. Remember, Every Monday. Boom! Fantastic to Nacton. <laughs> that too. I mean, that won't come at you every Monday, thank God. But we got that yeah. out of our system. <laughs> we got it out of our system. Good, good stuff. Well, we'll be back Thursday night, August 11th, with musician Eddie Mann straight out of Philadelphia. I know you're looking forward to that yeah. one, Jeff, since you are a Philadelphia type of person. I'm excited. Very are excited. You? Are you really yeah, excited? Good, you should be. Very good. Silly attitude. <laughs> well, you should be, man. You should be. All right. Well, that's it for tonight's show. Thanks once again to Erica Chase for joining us. For my buddy Jeff, the Shark Perini, I am Jonathan Raggis. We'll see you all Thursday night with musician Eddie Mann. Have a good night, everybody. See you Thursday night, and don't be a douche. Oh, I love it. Ha, ha, ha.